0: episode we're going to be covering the babylon 5 season 2 episode soulmates um this episode is written by uh the writer peter david peter david is a very very famous comic book writer um if you've read any comics you would know him from uh the incredible hulk um, he did a very, very famous run on that. Uh, he he invented the Young Justice team. Granted, the cartoon version that most people are familiar with her is nothing close to the comic book version. But he did invent that team. Uh, just so much comics. I mean, he reinvented um, Aquaman to become what we know of now as Aquaman. There's just so much. Uh, That Peter David did in comics, but he also did a lot of science fiction stuff and in particular he did a lot of Star Trek novels So uh, he's kind of well known in various different circles, and I love his writing Um, So keep that in mind because I'm a bit biased when it comes to this episode because I adore this episode This is one of my favorite episodes. This is a really really good episode Uh, It's just so much fun um, you, you can really tell that he wrote this episode too because you can just feel in the, in the way the characters interact. He's got this very peppy, fun attitude, even when he's writing serious stuff. Every character has this very peppy attitude, this very um, back-and-forth, uh, almost staccato rhythm to their dialogue. Uh, and I think this really feels here. His way of uh, his, his his way of writing character interaction is top notch as usual. And uh, you especially see that in the scenes where it's like Beard, Lando, Timov, De uh and ev- you know everybody just sort of bouncing off each other, just boom, 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 boom. Um, it, 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 the just the the way they interact, it's it's perfect, and it. Um, It does a lot to. uh, Not humanize. But really. Really make us love Londo again. Because if you're watching B5. For the first time. And you're not used to. What's going to come up. If you're not. If you're not like me where you understand where his arc is going you may begin to think that he's not a very good person considering everything that's happened the past few episodes especially the end of season one with the destruction of the the the, the, the outpost in his deal with mr morden so this is really mm-hmm. bringing back that not i guess not humanity but sort of that likability. Uh, About Londo and making us care for him again if we had lost, if he had lost his credibility, his likability as a character. My opinion, he hasn't. But I know some people who just don't like him because of the things he's done. Um, And there's a particular event that will come up later in this season that some people um, make him unforgivable. Which, fair enough, I am of the opinion that he is forgivable and there's there's a reason for that that's his entire arc his arc is tragic we are seeing the slow downfall of a man um and just his entire side of the plot is just so perfect sure sure it kind of has that really lazy just assassination plot attempt that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense but who cares it you're we're not there to to Uh, watch watch him get uh, attempt assassinated we're not there for the tension we're there for the comedy we're there to watch as these people bicker for no reason whatsoever and just keep keep on laying it on thick someone seriously needs to get them you know the calm down it's just so perfect. I mean, he even acts them on. ladies, ladies, please continue. Uh, and that really subverts our expectation where we think he's going to tell them to stop. But then he encourages them to continue fighting. Because he just doesn't care. You know, why would he care? Like, he's... he was His rise to power, the past recent episodes, he was gifted anything he wanted by the Emperor. And he chose a divorce. And... He wants to get out of this marriage to three different people who don't really care for him and he doesn't really care for them Uh And we see that the only one that treats him With any honesty With any care Quote-unquote Is team love, Which is vomit backwards which is just the best pun And top-notch wordplay on Peter David's part Um and, of course, we heard him mention his three wives in a previous episode, the famine, pestilence, and death. Um, basically, because of his rise to power, he's become important. And important in the Centaurum, important just all around the Centauri culture at the moment. Especially with the deal he's not only made with Mr. Morden, but the deal he made with Rifa, Lord Rifa, a few episodes ago. You know, the, the down with the old guard, in with the new, that entire situation. So now his two, or two, two of his three wives, the two except for uh, Timov, want to get on his good side. If you notice, they're constantly flirting with him, constantly trying to get him to do things, constantly attending to his every need, just hanging on his every word, because it's all a game. Much like everything with the Centauri, everything is about... Uh, Appearances rather than truth. And Timov doesn't care. She doesn't care about politics. She doesn't really care about Londo and, do- and what he's doing. As she says, I find your actions deplorable. And so when he is told, for formality's sake, you have to at least keep one of your wives, he decides on Timov. Because, as he says at the end of the episode, at least with you, I know where I stand. Because as we, this is very, very Londo. You know, as funny as he is at times, especially in this episode, especially with everything that's going on, you know, he sees the seriousness in the matter. He sees that things are not going great. And there are many, many eyes on him and some eyes he doesn't care to have on him. And in quoting a future episode only a few a handful of episodes from now. I have friends. I never knew I had um, It's clear that people are just wanting to basically feed off his, his of his success and He Wants to he, he wants he wants to have an importance in the society But he also needs the ability to trust and with team of, someone who doesn't like him, who will tell him the truth, who, when trying to show how much she cares for him, slapped him in the face, he knows that he'll always get a straight answer out of her. And in in a world dictated by politics, in which people twist their words to mean other things, and twist their meanings to manipulate people, someone who answers honestly to questions is the exact person he needs next to him. And so that's why he chooses Team Off. It's a perfect, perfect reason, not only politically, but personally as well. Because he wants to be told the truth. Because he knows he's being constantly lied to at this point, and that will continue for a while. So great, and the entire situation with Team um, Off giving him the blood transfusion. Great moment. Uh, it, it, it's it's basically. Her going, I don't really like him. I find him deplorable anymore. This is not the Lando I knew. Uh, But here's the thing about that. I still care for him as a person. I still think that despite all his flaws, he's worth keeping around. That he's worth something. You know, someone else's junk is someone else's treasure. Uh, Clearly someone finds him important, finds him worthy of something so she shows him care by doing the blood transfusion and she insists that franklin not tell him anything uh she insists to remain anonymous and it's to it's to point out that she really doesn't want him to know that she actually legitimately cares about him in some capacity because doing that would make him win and they're they're keeping up the appearances of a miserable marriage and if the centauri are all about politics and all about lying and wearing masks and about appearances then she needs to keep up the appearance of the spiteful wife that doesn't care even though she does because it would it would show weakness if she did show that she cared and he uh, as seen in that last scene with her where, where he mentions you know at least with you i know where i stand it, there he shows how much he cares for her they certainly don't love each other not anymore that that may have been a time long past and there's enough hints to to, to imply but not guarantee that this woman team, uh, the, the, this this woman timov is the dancer he fell in love with the dancer that he mentioned uh in voice of the wilderness uh her voice is intentionally a caricature that is very similar to his mocking voice in, in voice of the wilderness so could be potential that timov was this dancer we don't know on the other side of the the ordeal we have the entire situation with uh stoner and Talia so uh in and in, in this is where we get some Interesting uh, notes about Psycor, something that we hadn't known about before. And it feeds into what happened last episode and what will happen next episode. Talia and Stoner were um, genetic mates. They were basically told by the Psycor that you have to have children. You have to get married and have children because we want to force breed more telepaths in order to do that a telepath has to uh a telepath of equal or or increased or strength than the other one the the chances are of producing of a uh the the chances of producing a offspring with a with a genetic uh dispensation for telepathy and one that is of equal or higher p rating than uh than their parents so it's it's, it's forced breeding. There's no way around it. It is legitimate, uh, enforced breeding of Psycorp agents, uh, and they clearly don't love each other, and clearly there's nothing there, and we, and we get further into that interesting side of it when we find out that Stoner is actually an empath. He has the ability to play on people's emotions, that he was part of the experiments, or m- much like Ironheart was, uh, way back in Mind War uh, to create unique telepaths, um, and instead of, uh, instead of getting telekinesis, much like Talia has, um, it was an experiment that got rid of his telepathy, but it actually, and that's why he's claiming, but it actually evolved his telepathy into empathy, so now he can manipulate people's emotions, it's, it's, it's the power of suggestion. And the power of suggestion is a very, very scary power if you take it to its logical extreme. Most people do not. But there are uh, some stories out there where you can take it really, really far. Um, and and we, we get hints of what he's doing with it and how he manipulates people. And I love it that this Garibaldi is just having none of it. Um, and in speaking of the Garibaldi and Talia thing, I like that... Their friendship is continuing to evolve. Garibaldi talks to Delenn and says that you know I had feelings for her, but now it's a it's more than just that. Now it's a it's a friendship, and we we see that with the way they interact with each other. And, and, and I mentioned the last episode where where he came to her, um, and tried to cheer her up after her friend died. So that continues here, where we're seeing this uh this friendship that means something to both of them um and one one interesting uh tidbit is that her loyalty to the Psycor continues to be questioned and you have notice that when Stoner offered her freedom offered her to uh, the ability to get out of the Psycor uh, she, she immediately took it there was no hesitation she's clearly become scared of the Psycor and she even talks about that to Garibaldi I you know I'm tired of working for an organization that scares the hell out of me you know uh it it, it gives her it, it's it, it's a way out and she needs out um it is a fantastic episode and just a neat, neat little deal before I send out here is that the uh Delin scene is just the best once again this is a very much a Peter David episode and Peter David, one, one, one thing he's really good at is um, providing comedy through very natural human interaction, through taking mundane things and looking at them and grounding them, but also making them inherently funny. Young Justice, the old comic that he wrote, was all about that. There's an entire issue where Superboy just sits on the couch watching TV and Impulse has to figure out a way to get him off the couch and doing something instead of just watching TV. So, uh, he does that with Delenn with her uh, hair, and the fact that she has changed to be human. Mimbari don't have hair. And so she's half human, half Mimbari, and now she's got hair. And it's this, you know, long, luxurious hair that Mira, Mira Furlan actually has, uh, and she can't figure it out you know it bunches up you know she she, she's having a hard time brushing it she and she calls Ivanova in there and she says i can't figure this out it's hilarious it's a great moment and i also like how it's used to further word world build and the fact that once again membari are trapped in this cycle of tradition over anything else it is more about the symbolic meaning of anything uh rather than the truth of the matter it is all tradition the membari don't bathe Because they secrete a fluid that that illuminates any toxins in their body. However, they have to uh, wash a chemical over them, basically, to get rid of any dirt and grime that has accumulated over the day. So they don't actually bathe to uh to sub- uh, to submerge themselves in the water would uh is just completely antithetical to them, and they find that the chemical bath, as it were, this chemical that they scramble themselves, they find that to be a sim- a symbol of rebirth, and they do it every day. But that causes her hair to lose nutrients, and because she's not a, she's not human, she doesn't understand that you have to keep your hair, uh, you know, well attended and, uh, nutriated, and otherwise you'll die out. And so she's freaking out about it, and it is just absolutely hilarious. And Lanier's reaction to her, see, seeing her all in those hair rolls, is just the most adorable thing. Uh, this is Peter David's strength, turning something that is very mundane and human into something that is absolutely hilariously comedic. Um, but this is a phenomenal episode. I have the most fun watching this. It is just so good. Um... So, I look forward to talking about the next episode, which is A Race Through the Dark Places, which, speaking of Talia's entire uh, disillusionment, a slow disillusionment with the cycor that starts coming to a head next episode, and we get the return of the wonderful Alfred Bester, played by Walter Koenig. Anyway, see you next time. Bye.